right, what's going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday. Today is the 6th, December 6, 2022. What's going on out there? How are you this week? On today's show, we're going to talk about uh, just kind of an interesting concept. Why the bets that you're all making right now, obviously, they're fun. You can make a lot of money. But we'll talk about why the boring bets are actually the best bets to make and sort of why you're going to want to start doing this if you actually want to start making money betting sports. So we'll get into all that today. Remember, if you want to start making more money for player prop parlays, you've got to check out Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy online or download the app. You can start making more money parlaying player props together then you get paid out at any other sports book or any other website it's so worth it sign up today and put in promo code sbd that's going to get you a deposit match up to 100 dollars, double your money and uh it's just it's so much fun if you like betting player props and you want to make more money betting parlays sign up at thrive fantasy all right so uh look i know that today's show a lot of times we do these kind of shows where I talk about the math and the, the type of bets you want to make. And I'm sure a lot of the time you just roll your eyes, want to get back to your sports bets, and that's okay. But we'll just sort of go through why a lot of you are making these bets, like like these parlays, these bets little to win a lot, and why the best thing to do is actually to make the boring bets. Okay, so let's get into it. A lot of people out there, obviously, I see it on Twitter. I see it when I talk to my friends. Everyone does this. And I understand because when I first started betting, Okay, 15 years ago, I did this too. You make a lot of parlays, you make a lot of teasers, you buy a lot of points. Why? It's because you, for, for a couple of reasons. The reason why people make teasers and buy points is for they feel uh, comfortable, right? It's more of a comfort bet. Well, I like this team minus three and a half, but boy, if I could tease them down to, to plus two and a half, that's obviously a little cushion, right? Or, you know, I like this team, but I don't like him at minus seven. I'm going to tease him at minus six and a half or whatever it may be. People do that for a sense of comfort, a sense of I'm going to win my bet more because I just bought these points. And here's the issue with that. Obviously, you're going to win more if you buy points. Everyone in the world would rather have six and a half instead of seven. The issue becomes what these sports books charge. Okay, that's really the crux of everything that we'll talk about today. It's the prices sports books charge for these different bets to make. So if you want to buy a half point from seven to six and a half, I get it. I want to do that too. Everyone wants to do that, but it's worth a certain amount of points. Okay, if you buy from seven to six and a half, they should charge about 11, maybe 12 cents. But you're not going to get that. Almost every sports book is going to charge at least 15 cents to buy onto the six and a half. And you may say, well, Tyler, <laughs> the hell do I care? Right? If it's minus 120 or minus 115. Okay. And that is the point of everything that makes pros separated from the public is those little edges, those little margins right there. Now, if you do it once, no big deal. But it's the habit that people get into of always buying a half point, not being sensitive enough to how to how minus 120 is worse than minus 115. Now, let's do a quick experiment, okay? If you think that minus 115 and minus 120 could never be the difference between actually being profitable and not, think about it this way. If we flip quarters and every time it hits heads, you give me a dollar, Every time it hits tails, I give you a dollar. That's a fair proposition. Okay, it's a 50-50 equal proposition, aka that's what no vig looks like. Okay. But let's just imagine all of a sudden, every time it's heads, you pay me a dollar, but every time it's tails, I pay you 99 cents. This is what we're talking about. The difference between minus 120, minus 110, even money, right? Price sensitivity, this is what it means in an analogical 
example. No one in the world would play a game where every time it's heads, you give me a dollar. Every time it's tails, I give you 99 cents, okay? No one would do that because the rules are clear. It's all out there on the table. You know exactly what the rules are and what your expectations are to make money. But that all gets hidden and lost in the world of sports betting. So in that example, it's very clear to understand that even the smallest change, one penny, makes a huge difference. We go from exchanging dollars, aka we could sit there and flip for 50 years, no one's going to get rich, to you giving me a penny every time it's, it's, or excuse me, me giving you one penny less every time it's tails, eventually over 50 years, I'm going to have all of your money one penny at a time. So that's really like an analogy and an example as to why price sensitivity matters. If you're a professional, the difference between a losing bet and a winning bet is often the difference between minus 110 and minus 120. You may not think so, but most people who don't think so don't have a good way of evaluating a crystal clear expectation of what's going to happen in that game. So I'm not going to go too in the weeds here, but the, the, the idea is small, tiny, microscopic changes end up being magnified over the long run. And something that takes advantage of that is when you try and buy a half point, when you try and make that teaser, make that parlay. Anything that seems advantageous to you, the books will charge more than enough to actually make it advantageous for them. So that's one idea, okay? Buying points, teasers, things like that. But the other and the, the more troubling issue is all of these parlays that you see. And... I do other podcasts, right? This is part of the Woos Media Podcast Network. I do a show called College Football Tailgate, and it's a good show. It's, it's, I think both the people who I do it with, Will Chambers, the host, and Ryan Smith, the producer, both very good football fans. They know the sport tremendously well. They know football. But what do they do every weekend? They make four, five, six, eight, ten team parlays. And let me give you what doesn't work. Is if you say... Well, I make these parlays, but all I've got to do is hit one or two a year to break even. That's, that's, that's not logical, okay? Because the math is still set up against... Now, you can get lucky. Anyone out there can get lucky. But don't misidentify getting lucky with your skill being good enough to hit one or two parlays a year, therefore paying for everything. Anyone can win the lottery. But if you go ask that lottery winner why they won, they may see it was their lucky day, they were wearing their lucky socks, whatever it may be. The reality is, it's luck. So if you hit an 18 parlay and I ask you, hey, how'd you hit that 18 parlay? Well, I've really been dialed in lately with the NBA and with this and with that. It's luck, okay? So if you hit the 18-er, don't count on it. And every season, don't make a bunch of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10-team parlays expecting, well, all we gotta do is hit a few and we're good to go. It's a loser's mentality. You're gonna bleed yourself dry. So that's the first thing with parlays is it's not going to eventually come back because you're making so much money. And the other thing is most people out there, I see a ton of people on Twitter advertising parlays and you know what happens? They go six and two on an 18 parlay. They go seven and one on an 18 parlay. I can't tell you how many times my partner on college football tailgate comes in on a, on a Wednesday when we record and says, damn it, another parlay. I went four and one. If, if, if so-and-so would have just won, I would have won that parlay. And that's the issue with parlays. You put so much risk on all these games that really, if you just look at your record, a lot of people out there, honestly, it's not hard to win money in sports betting. But what everyone wants to do is get rich overnight. 
And I don't want to make it seem like it's easy to win in sports betting, but if you do it as a full-time job, you spend your time in front of the computer, you're really educated, you know numbers, you bet the good numbers, there's not that many people who just lose their shit betting sports. It's not as hard as a lot of people out there think, but it's also not nearly as easy as a lot of people may have you believe. So when you talk about betting parlays, you may have a good record. Okay, you may be 15 and, you know, five over your last 20 games. But if you're parlaying everything together, chances are those five losses are going to equal you making no money. Because obviously a parlay, every single leg has to hit. And I don't want to make it seem like parlays are on the surface, a bad bet no matter what. Just because all of the squares and all of the public makes parlays doesn't necessarily, by definition, make it a bad bet. What makes a parlay a bad bet is that most people don't understand what parlays are. Parlays don't give you any extra money for making bets. Most people out there, I bet 95% of people on gambling Twitter think that there's an incentive to making a parlay, think that you get paid more for making a parlay. You don't. All a parlay does is they take the liberty to roll over your winnings into the next bet. So really, if you had a parlay that was a Sunday morning NFL game, a Sunday night NFL game, and a Monday night NFL game, you would make the exact same amount of money to the penny if you rolled over your winnings from one bet to another or you made a parlay. Now, we've done this before. I'm not going to go through the math again, but that's what parlays are. They offer you zero extra incentive to make that parlay. You don't make more money. You would make just as much rolling your winnings over to the next bet manually. So look, that's just a a 101 on how parlays work and the math of parlays. There's no incentive to make them. But parlays, what they do inevitably, okay, so think about it. If you have a 10-team parlay, $10 to win $2,000, on the 10th leg of that parlay, if you've gone 9-0 and and you have that one game left to finish and win the parlay, what that is, is that's a single bet that you've made for, I don't know, $1,000 to win 1000 right? We don't think about it this way. We still think about our $10 bet to win 2000 That's not the case. You've won 9 of 10 games. That means something, or it should mean something. So when you've got a $10 parlay to win 2000 first of all, most people just try and cash out anyway. It's like, hey, dumb dumb. Why didn't you make a 19 parlay, an 18 parlay? It's like, oh, you know, right? So most people try and cash anyway, but that's what it is. So all a parlay does, another way to think about a parlay is you give the book the right to hold your money, roll your winnings over to the next bet. So what does that do by definition? That increases volume on every subsequent winning leg of the parlay. So if you have a $10 parlay, let's assume not like minus 110 or minus 120. Let's assume all the bets you made on the parlay were even money, okay? And by the way, just to fix the math here, a $10 parlay with all legs being even money would net $10,240, okay? So you'd walk away with $10,240. So that's a big payout, obviously. But here's the problem, is for a $10 better, that last game you got a lot of money on the line. It's usually pretty uncomfortable to have $5,000 plus on one game if you're a $10 sports better. So here's what that volume looks like. If you have a $10 parlay to win $10,240 and you win the first leg, you've just won 10 bucks. Okay, so what it does is it takes your initial 10 you bet and the 10 you won rolls it over into the 20. 
Okay, so they, they keep doing this. So by the, the you know, it goes 10, then 20, then 40, then 80, then 160, then 320, but in 640, you know, by game number one, two, three, four, five, six, you're up to $640. So you've now taken that 640, rolled it over, and you're betting 1,280 on the next game. And if that wins, you're betting 2,560 on the next game. And if that wins, you're betting 5,120 on the final game. And if that loses, you lose everything. The whole parlay loses, you lose everything. So that's the issue with the parlay is you think, hey, who cares? I'm making a $5 bet to win 20 grand. If it loses, I'm only losing five bucks. Who gives a shit? That's incorrect. Because if you go nine and one and, and, and you lose the last leg, do the nine wins that you had previously mean nothing? Now, I don't know about you, but I personally, as a sports better, I like to be rewarded if I go nine and oh, <laughs> right? So you go nine and oh, you lose that last game, you get nothing. And I have a hunch that if I ask the average $10 better who's making these $10 parlays, and I'd say, hey, what if you could win a couple games, walk away with 160 bucks? They'd be like, hell yeah. I bet 10, 16 to one, win 160. It's like, it's only a five game parlay. It's not that hard. Okay, but people see the, the, it's the lottery syndrome. Everyone wants to make a small bet to win a ton. And you know what's not helping? Social media. And by the way, if you, if you like being taken advantage of, keep doing what you're doing. Because who's posting all these things, right? It's like I saw FanDuel the other day. FanDuel posted, when all my friends tell me parlays is the bad bet, but I still want to make my parlay. And it's like got a little meme of someone, you know, shrugging their shoulders. It's like, why do you think FanDuel's doing that? <laughs> FanDuel doesn't want you making singles. They want you making parlays. And that's what all of you are doing. So to get back to like the crux of today's show, it's really the boring bets that are the best ones to make. It's singles. It's the boring bets that are the most profitable. And if you're just going to keep making parlays all day, think about who's going to be happy doing that. You're going to be you're going to be happy the couple times you get lucky win the lottery and 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 win a, you know, big payday. But they're happy every time you make one because the best way to make money betting sports. And this comes from me and everyone else who does this for a living, make singles. Make individual bets. Be okay making a $15 bet to win 15 or a $10 bet to win 10 or a $10 bet to win eight. I did the math with my producer on College Football Tailgate and he was showing me three weekends of bets that he made. The guy went like 18 and four, but he didn't win a penny because he parlayed everything together. And we went through on the show the money he would have made just betting $10 a game. And he was kind of frustrated. He goes, dude, I don't want to fucking know that I'd be up $140. That pisses me off. Just let me be. And my point to him was, dude, I'm not trying to piss you off. I'm trying to bring to light how bad of bets these are and what it could look like over the long run if you actually just made all these singles. Uh, you know the, the the social media influencer I always talk about? Uh, uh, I, for what I forget his name, but there's plenty of social media betters out there. They all make parlays. It's like, oh, parlay this, parlay that. It's like, if you took the straight bets of all those parlays and did the math compared to the overall ROI or the money they've made or lost so far, guarantee. I don't know if they're, if, if they're in, the, in the positive, but they're losing a lot less money by making singles. I guarantee that's the case. And it doesn't matter whether it's you know, minus 300, minus 280. A bet's a bet and a single's a single. So if you think minus 300's a bad bet just because you have to bet 300 to win 100, that's not what it comes down to. Okay? And this is for a different show, different example, different topic. But if you see minus 300 and you think the bet should be minus 320, make that bet. It's a good bet. 
if you see minus 300 and you think the bet should be minus 250, don't make it. It's a bad bet. It's as simple as that. That's how you define good bet from bad bet. But what you should take away from this is, if you're gonna start making more money, make the boring bets, make the singles, you're gonna thank yourself. All right, uh, we gotta get out of here. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow, right here on Sports Betting Daily.